0: Hi, Soul Fam, and welcome to a super fresh episode of Ceremony Circle Podcast. As always, I am your host and the author of the best-selling animal power book and deck, Allison Charles Story. And today's voyage will take you on both a global and an otherworldly ride with the incredible Julie Pyatt, aka Srimati. She is a mystic, mother, musician, artist, chef, author, and healer who has lived her life immersed in devotion and expansive creativity. She's a wayshower of finding the divine in all life experiences, and Julie shares her wisdom from a multitude of life events that she's experienced as processes of alchemical transformation. In her experience, her life has shown her that it is the ability to hold the divine perspective in all that life brings before you that allows for the deepest access to the meanings of life that is waiting to reveal to us. She's also a powerful living example of how to love ourselves more so that we can live our unique design and full expansive self-expression. And you know, I am all here for that because she says, when we live in this frequency, we bless all life around us. And I agree. So I have been looking forward to having Julie on, and as you may also experience as you dive into today's conversation, I really felt her strength, intelligence, and embodied power. We let the organic river of the divine flow us where it wanted us to go today, and some of the stops that you will now be taking right along with us are the exploration into the number 13, its unique encoding and what it especially holds for this now time pilgrimages to ancient sites in India, and the wild tales of the fires and adventures and miracles and mysteries that living in devotion has brought to Julie, her time at a spiritual anchor point and school called Dhamanhur, and through ritual, what animal name she was initiated into. We get into a deeper understanding of why, despite there being many incredible, gifted, integrity-filled, powerful women who are spiritual teachers on earth, why men still seem to get the vast majority of the big platforms in limelight. An honest look into a nine-year full-fire initiation that Julie and her now-husband, Rich Roll, were on, and the teachings are on money, full trust, faith, living for the eternal, and so much more involved in all of that. We cover why Julie says neutral, loving compassion is the way, and she takes us through an incredible closing ceremony circle practice where she guides you to be able to experience in real time what the path of divine devotion is, and you're able to receive clear understanding of what your next most alive step is to take. This is one of my all-time favorite Ceremony Circle episodes, fam, so I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Welcome to Living for the Eternal and Mastering Alchemy with Julie Pyatt. Oh, okay. I'm so happy to be here with you, and before I hit record, I was expressing that um there's just something that felt right about talking to you on friday the 13th so I'm happy well, to have here. you
1: and here i am your good luck charm yeah uh,
0: actually 13
1: is my spiritual number it's my sacred number of my life wow. so isn't that weird so yeah i've had i have a lot of um connection to the number and in my awareness it actually means unity so uh, one sort of model that I work with at this level of of uh, perspective is a 12 identity model of a multidimensional being. And in my experience, what I'm doing this lifetime, what many of us are doing this lifetime is integrating those 12 aspects into unity, into the 13th.
0: Okay. I'm feeling something. Something's happening inside of me as you're speaking that out loud. I literally felt like some currents of movement. Um, I'll just guess that that's my soul very deeply resonating with the truth that you just spoke. I don't know. I kind of want to go another layer into something around this because I had no idea that 13 is such a strong number for you. And it is also for me. Um, In fact, uh, I don't know if I've really said on this podcast, but my real birth last name is actually Mills. So my, my legal, I mean, now my legal name is Allison Story because I'm married to Luke. But before that, my real name was Allison Mills. And then along my journey, which is a whole long story that actually starts in high school. And then when I got to a decision point in terms of if I wanted to have a stage name or not, I decided that I would Make it be Allison Charles, and one of the main deciding factors is that Allison Charles has thirteen letters in it, and that <laughs> when that clarity came in, that's when I knew that it was a yes to to become Allison Charles. And so, yeah, can you just go another notch into yeah. what you were talking about? Yeah. So let's see. Um,
1: so a couple things that would be relevant to this uh, this experience. So um, I uh let's see i had a, um, a mission to india so i i'm a yogi definitely through and through and i have many life paths that inform the tradition um and many people that have met me in this lifetime they're like oh you must go to india all the time and i never wanted to go to india this lifetime because i think i remember it in another way and i just didn't want to go there right now mm-hmm. and then one day i was called to go there in like 2010 and it was a very profound spiritual mission. Um, I, you know, it was just, I'm a, I get messages and whole concepts. And then I sort of have to follow the breadcrumbs and then I get the meaning afterwards. So in this specific mission, I was taken to India to a which is the mountain where Sri Ramana Maharshi lived his whole life. Very high realized being who realized in his teens, from a a death experience or facing a fear of death. And as life would have it, I have a mountain in front of my house that is a twin to a renachala, And so there was another enlightened Indian master that came to my home, um, deeply connected to Yogananda. Actually, uh, my experience is they shifted bodies and Yogananda actually came to my house in his body. I have full um, body chills as you say that. okay thank you so came to my house and i I, you know i built my house which is a very well-known house it's called jai house you can google it jai and i built it risking everything in my life you know on full faith fully putting myself in the fire and it was the mountain that led me to this land and it was a very sacred journey that happened over some years and so the mountain was dear to me and sort of like my guru and when this Indian master came to my house, who had named me Ma Ananda Srimati, I heard from his disciples or his devotees that he fell into a trance on the way to my house and then woke up when he arrived and came in and sat down in front of 120 yogis. And he started to talk about the mountain. And he talked about the mountain being connected to a ranachella and how this was a sacred incubator. And there were places where there were sacred incubator points on the planet that would fruit a sort of kind of consciousness and i was just crying because the the mountain had been so dear to me so when i was called to go to india and later i i kept saying i just felt yogananda i just felt yogananda like and i came on our roof we had a flat roof and we came up on the roof and i told him i dedicated my home to yogananda and he just turned and looked at me and smiled. I didn't know that he had gone into a trance at that time and it hadn't been verified. But I wrote a song. It's on one of my albums. It's called Held So Sweetly. And it's about Yogananda. And I wrote it that night after, after that event. And I kept just saying, I just felt Yogananda. Like I just felt Yogananda. I just felt y- I didn't know why I was saying that. So it was really amazing that it was verified later, and also verified by like another channel who explained to me that I share that frequency and that we we jump in each other's consciousness in, in many time spaces. So, in some times, you know, I'm teaching, and sometimes they're teaching. But it was a very it's a very dear relationship that I have um, that is really profound. So the thirteen, what's the thirteen? So I went, when I went to India, I went straight to a Ranachala And uh, I started chanting mantra and I went up on the mountain. I had to get on the mountain, my physical body, the the twin mountain that's in front of my house, the one that's in India. And my guide showed up drunk, which was a total buzzkill for like what I had imagined my spiritual pilgrimage to be in India. And we were hiking in the morning and there were monkeys the size of small children like on the mountain and i was watching the guide and he just wouldn't look at them he'd just go so i just was doing what he was doing and then there would be the you know odd sadhu underneath a bush somewhere you know there so i was like okay so i finally made it to to a sri ramana maharata's second cave they call them caves but they're like these sort of like adobe kind of nice caves they're not like a raw cave and they have like a gate on them so the second one was open and I went in it and I had this gigantic mala it was made out of rude like this size Uh, but I had another jeweled altar on it and I had taken it with me in many of my spiritual travels so there was a Sri yantra altar and the Sri yantra in the form of a sculpture you know it's three-dimensional and so I took the mala off my head and I jumped and i offered it over the sculpture the sri yantra shrine and i said this is the last thing between me and god boom then i started to meditate 10 15 minutes and i came on to a blazing acid trip that and i've dropped acid before early in my youth not not in a spiritual sense i was literally being burned from the inside out i went outside i was blazing and there was a 5000 year old shiva temple right below and my guide said do you want to go to the temple and i said all i could hear was get out of india get out of india get out of india and i said no take me back to the hotel i spent the day on the computer completely out of my mind trying to find a flight and um it took me a long time i ended up having to take a car to from to bangalore from where i was and I was yelling at my guides in the, in the car because I felt like all this male yogi presence around me. And I was like, why am I here? Like, this is my life. It's not your life. It's my life. And I got to Bangalore. I was so sick. I was buckled over. I was in so much pain. And I was afraid they weren't going to let me on the plane. So I was trying to fake like I was okay And I got on the plane and luckily my friend's uh, father had given me a sleeping pill and I didn't want the sleeping pill, but he kept pushing it on me before I left. Like, take this, take this. Thank God he gave me that. I took that sleeping pill. I had to fly from Bangalore to London and London to LA. And when I made it home, I walked in my door, collapsed in Rich's arms, my children's arms, and my oldest son, Tyler, made me pasta. And I was just like, I'm never doing that. Like, I'm never leaving my kids and my family and going on this crazy adventure. Like, why was I there? Well, months later, I booked a session to help a loved one through some very dense stuff. And it was with my multidimensional galactic emissary ally, Lisa Renee. And I've worked with her for over 20 years. And uh, I said, can I please help my, my sibling? And the answer was like, no, there's nothing you can do. And they said, now let us tell you what you did in India. (laughs) So they said, they told me that I had a divine appointment on that landmass with 12 aspects of myself and that it was as if a part of my higher self threw a football and I caught it. And that integration occurred in that moment into the 13th. In addition Along with this mission was the result that I was pulling a foundational uh, like um, base point out of the guru abuse against women in India. And so the reason that I was hearing get out of India, get out of India is because I had made the contact and then all of that lineage started coming at me. They were because I was dismantling that that miasm that reversal so this is a really beautiful thing i mean it's cool that you asked me the question and that we're 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 connecting but this is like in spiritual mission you don't get to know all the details right because if you if i had known that i wouldn't have been able to accomplish it because it's the not knowing it's being in the in the sort of faith and trust and taking the step and then being shown the next step and then the next step and so it it really felt very verified for me. Um, I wasn't booking the session to find out what I was doing in India. You know what I mean? Like it just came very sort of backdoor and oh, by the way. So um, so that's kind of my first uh, knowledge of, of the 13 and what the 13 is. And then subsequently I worked with a Lakota Sioux chief, Chief Golden Light Eagle, who's since left his body a couple years ago. But he worked with the 13 moon calendar. Which is you know we know you know this from your shamanic lineage, so it was the thirteen moons, and then you know, and then it just sort of started, and i mean i'm I'm moving my plant based cheese company to Memphis, Tennessee, to this vertical community called Crosstown Concords, and it's this incredible you know they have a new thought high school and artist in residency and a sixty thousand vinyl library, and of course the the last area that was left for production and in cafe, it's going to be the first Shrimu and wine cafe is number 13.
0: (laughs) So anyway. Of course. Okay. Well, thank you for so generously taking us on that voyage with you. I, I knew that you had some incredibly powerful stories in you and I have it on the list to ask you and to just start with that one was so beautiful and the one question if we could track back a little bit because the only time you broke up an audio was when you were explaining the the foundational piece that you had dislodged for the and you mentioned something about men and women it was the guru abuse against women
1: ah and so and as someone who's in a female form in this incarnation in my experience of all the years of of seeking, there has always been abuse by the male figure. I'm, I mean, I'm going to say except except one, except one, and the and and my 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 female guide never, never ever never abused money, sex, power ever. And in all the other male forms, always. I make a joke. I'm like, the penis is always out of control, (laughs) but but it's always in some way.
0: (laughs) I, I know I have been really fascinated by what you're bringing to light right now, and I've pondered it as much as, you know, some of the other main things that I'm here to learn or teach or ponder, like that one has been up there. And I've, you know, talked to Luke about it just to, you know, just to get other people's take or perspective, because I'm just so curious about that piece of male spiritual teachers and women spiritual teachers and why does it seem that throughout history by far the the majority of people that end up being fallen gurus or whatever we want to classify it as tend to be men um and i'm not necessarily trying to go down this rabbit hole but it's just been one that's been at the forefront i mean i've i've seen it a lot this lifetime and uh, I seem to know a lot of women spiritual teachers that um, really their the primary importance is uh, staying aligned in their integrity and really keeping things in check and and really looking at all aspects at all times. And it's like, how is it and why is it that it seems and maybe something's changing and and maybe it's improving for the better. But historically speaking, it's like, what is it? Is it just boiling down to? penis energy and some what you said like I don't know I I, like I said I'm not trying to go down a rabbit hole but if there is anything that you want to speak to around that because I've been fascinated by that piece
1: yeah I'd love to go down that rabbit hole let's go down that rabbit hole um no I'm I'm being I'm teasing I love humor and I was being very reductive um okay so we have to go back thousands of years I'm not a historian and I'm not good with facts and figures. I'm like a feeling mother artist. But let's just say thousands of years ago and let's use the founder lineage. So I'm going to use the Yeshua, the Magdalene, uh the King Arthur, the Guinevere, <laughs> these founder lineages that rep- represent the divine human angelic embodiment. So let's go back thousands of years and let's just examine that the feminine principle of spirituality was completely Annihilated, eradicated and uh, you know genocide is the is the term that I'm getting out of the spiritual history of our planet thousands of years ago, okay, so what does it mean to be a divine angelic human embodied? It means we have both masculine and feminine operating within ourselves that is the the form that is the species so or the life form so what they did is they they tried to kill off half of what that energy is and so the world became patriarchally um, oriented so they they infuse they took little truths of religion and there are truths and they took them and they used them as a weapon so we became the ones that were burned we were burned at the stake for healing people with plants for turning a baby for, you know, just, I mean, and it was funny because I had a, I had an, a podcast with a happy pair this, these identical twins in Ireland that have a vegan empire and they were like, and Julie, you would have been a witch. And I was like, no, 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 you would have also been a witch. I was like, you would have been burned right alongside me. Um, so, but I mean, it's important that we look at this because look at what is behind me too. And what is informing all that? And, you know, why are all the famous chefs men? Like, how did that happen? Like, why are all the gurus men? Why are all, why is it all men? Think, I'm so glad like, I'm not the well, only one wondering you know. this. Well, it's because it's by design. It's been set up. And then, you know, really, I mean, you guys listening, women that are in these relationships and even men, and I love men, by the way, let me just say, I love men. Me too. And men are just waiting for the women to tell them what to do. They're wait. so at an existential level, The feminine is an an eternal creator. She is creating for eternity. And the male, the masculine frequency, is in ah, presence, emptiness, openness. So it doesn't matter how much you love your beloved feminine, if you're a masculine energy, the second she comes in your present, you're going to cringe because she's, disrupted your silence she's disrupted your stillness and by design the feminine will always poke the masculine like like push the masculine because she knows he's not living his greatest life and and the masculine is just afraid that the feminine is going to interfere with his work at some level Mm -hmm. these are these are like concepts that i actually heard from uh, a guy named david data who came to my house and did a a workshop and i was not that keen on hosting him i did it because a friend asked me to do it and he was teaching on sexuality which always gives me a you know little raised eyebrow because of all the shenanigans that i've experienced and here i've been married three times given birth birth to four children i'm like what are you going to tell me about Relationships. Well, he explained these two frequencies this way, and I was like, that was so profound. And later, years later, I found out that that actually knowledge came through his female partner that he never credited for that. Because <laughs> I, I mean, and I mean, and you know, it was just so epic. And I've now met people that, knew, that know her. I, I, I'm not going to say her name. She's a very, as I understand it, a very powerful um you know luminary let's say but she's off she's off grid like she's not in the public eye right. so it was fine and maybe he has credited her somewhere else and I just don't know so I mean I'll give but it was just like oh classic because I was like wait that's really useful and and you know I've I've shared it a lot so anyway so getting back to this is what is behind me too and no one is more happy than I am that me too came up for reclamation um, and and uh, you know now going and attacking the masculine is not that's not the solution. The solution is the embodiment of both frequencies. We need to just agree that that's the play that was going on on the planet up until now. Right. And now it's a different age. It's a different eon. And we have to rewrite and rebuild these relationships together. But, you know, the, there is no more place for this martyrdom, uh, guru abuse, uh, you know, any of it. Uh, so it's, an, it's a very interesting time.
0: It is. Wow, that was so beautiful and so intriguing. And it really resonated when you were explaining how the feminine creates uh, and emanates and, and lives for the eternal Uh, for eternity energy. And what's also really intriguing is for some reason with you, when I was tuning in this week um, for potential questions and themes to dive into with you, there just wasn't I wasn't being bombarded, it was more just like, just keep an open slate kind of vibe. And a few minutes before I came in to get on with you, I laid in front of my altar and I was doing some drumming and singing and I just laid down on the reindeer uh, skin and uh, on the fur and, and asked if, you know, is there anything that wants to come in to be sure to be asked? And I was so intrigued, the one thing that showed up which felt so random and also very personal. I put it down, but I was like, I don't know if I'll go there with her. Uh, I'm gonna find it on the list because it wove in when you were just explaining all this. I, uh, I, the the thing was, let me find words for it. Even though this is the first time you and I have connected in real time, I have, you know, followed your Instagram and been aware of you for a long time. And I've always sensed your groundedness, your embodiment, your wisdom. And um, whether or not you call yourself a mystic or whatever the titles are that you use, I, I feel that very potent in you. And um, and yet I am also aware that your husband is Rich Roll and he's got this huge name and one of the biggest podcasts in the world. And he's just a very front facing, big name, big energy person on the planet. And so the the pondering and the question that came in as I was laying in front of my altar was has there been any sort of an intriguing curiosity or dance within you around, and you of course have a a name for yourself. I'm not trying to discredit you in any way, but I'm always just kind of fascinated because I can tell your essence and your divine power and how magnificent it is. Yet your partner who's a male is like you know just this huge huge name and i see that a lot in some couple dynamics where the woman i'm like whoa what a priestess what a what an embodied goddess yet her male partner is the one who has like the huge limelight or the huge stage or the huge platform and so i just maybe you by the time you and rich got together you had already garnered a lot of this wisdom and so maybe there wasn't any sort of curious dance but has it ever bothered you or in any way that you are so divine and so powerful yet he has that grand platform
1: yeah really good really good point point. and um so i am a front person i'm a i'm a one i'm like to be the star the front person the performer all of that and what i would tell you is that i'm a multidimensional so i'm working with lots of threads simultaneously and i do so many things that in especially in the old life people would have a really hard time with that like well how can you be a singer and how can you also be a chef and how can you also build homes and how can you write screenplays and how can you sculpt and how can you have four kids and how can you unschool and how can you write how can you and how can you basically uh, mentor, coach, and love a husband into becoming his greatest being. Okay, so let's be clear. I was never behind Rich, and I'm not behind Rich. And yes, it, it, in the beginning, it wasn't challenging at all. And I even had a moment, because when I met Rich, I was the breadwinner. I was making the money. I built this house with my money. I was building this house when I met him. He was my boyfriend when I was already building it. Now he influenced the house tremendously because we have this pool that runs through the middle of the house. And when we got the geology back, the architect was like, hey, you know, let's put this pool. And he was a swimmer. And you know, we've been an amazing partnership. But what I would tell you is that through devotion, literally devotion, because we went through a nine-year financial collapse together with four children. And we were living in this house, unable to pay mortgage, property taxes, insurance. My utilities were being turned off. I had the cars repossessed. The cars were in my name because he didn't have the ability to even you know, lease a car at the time. So we went through this whole thing where I was, we were dismantling some of the violence in the money system and at the front of that is me it was my devotion it was my vision it was mine I was the one that was catalyzing Mm -hmm. this entire thing Mm -hmm. and what I was shown through that is that devote that I can count on my devotion that my devotion is all-powerful because I held this vision I would tell Rich you train first You see to me and the kids second, and if a law job falls in your lap, you can do that. But that's it. And he was tortured. I mean, he was making no money. And it's like, you know, he, like I had neighbors coming up to me telling me we're worried about you and, you know, he's really failed and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like we're in a spiritual alchemy right now. And so nine years, Allison, Mm -hmm. like not a small amount of time. Yeah. And why do you see it that way? Well, because okay, we're all part of this mission, right? Of awakening people. And um and the divine brought us together, two very opposite people. We're not the same frequency. I I came into the other frequency to hold that polarity and to do the uh winding up, you know, expanding And what happened is through my devotion, my ceremony, my relentless, I call it extreme faith of guiding us, of guiding him, of staying with him, of saying, I see you, I believe in you, you can, you know, this is, this is real. This is what's inside of you. The divine presented an aspect of him that was my vision. And it gave him, like I always say this, the divine knows your heart better than you know it yourself. And the reason Rich is so amazingly successful and so brilliant and so well-seated in what he does is that he was a Coke bottle glassed cross-eyed child who was bullied and beat up in school his whole life, who had to try much harder than everybody else to even be in the game, but he had this really strong genetic and strong will and determination and he built that in swimming and became a competitive swimmer and then you know but he chose to go to college at stanford and be among the olympians even though he wouldn't have been the big fish he wanted to be around mm-hmm. the big fish mm-hmm. and so he's a voyeur rich is highly sensitive you can go to a room into a room and he can not look at anyone and tell you what everyone's thing is what everyone does and so look at what divine mother did she brought him into the podcast he is masterfully created for that role Mm -hmm. because he's a watcher he's a voyeur that's what that's what he does and he's highly intellectual asks amazing questions and he's dedicated like dedicated 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 so we we talk now about what our lives look like now and what we went through we were literally on the razor's edge saying we're either going to be completely annihilated and every decision we ever made was the wrong one. Right. Or we're going to realize all our dreams.
0: (laughs) Right? Wow.
1: And it's not lost on us. And we also understand that there is a divine mechanism at hand that orchestrated this entire union between me and him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's way beyond me and it's way beyond him but i'm telling you it is born out of devotion and i am a mystic and i am a shaman and i am a luminary and that's what i do and so what i will tell you is i'm not done yet Mm -hmm. i'm i'm just getting started i've been waiting and it's been frustrating because i thought i was going to do all this stuff by the time i was 30. you know you see the the field and i'm just like you know come on already like you know, like, why is it like that? But now I'm understanding, you know, I'm, I'm, I just, I launched a, launched a plant-based cheese company that I'm expanding into Memphis. I'm started a whole community. I'm an initiate of Dom and her spiritual community in Northern Italy. I'm doing advanced alchemical magical operations that are planetary. Yeah. Um, as being an initiate of them. I've uh, embodied my, my fire ceremony as a priestess, um, and I've connected with alternate timelines in ancient Greece where I serve the fire. So I'm very, I'm very much getting embodied in my power. And what I really, the, the biggest thing in my life is to sing. And I have done it, that, you know, very little. I mean, I, I became a musician with my older two sons when they were teenagers. I was in a band with them, in my band, and we recorded two albums uh and now I'm getting ready to record my first solo album. I have eight tracks that are beautiful um, with my uh my co-writer Juliana Smaltz. Um so I I'm just getting started and yeah, I, I feel the same way you do, like it's about time. And I used to ask my Indian gurus, like, where are the women? Like, yes. what is going on? And you know, I have Srima Anandamoima, who is my beloved. And what's really incredible is when I was named Ma Ananda Srimati, not because I asked for it, it, it happened. Um, we have the exact same name, only one syllable is different. Because mm. she's Shri Ma Ananda Moi Ma, and I'm Ma Ananda Srimati.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, the only difference is the syllable is I'm T, and she's Yi. And she is one of the only realized Indian saints that was a woman embodied sort of at the same time at Yogananda, absolutely breathtaking consciousness and close soul, you know, soul friend, lover, friend, ally, whatever you want to call. They would say to me this, they would say it would have been inefficient for them to take a female body at that time. Okay, right. Um, But I'm not going to, and then you say, why the abuse? I would say the abuse is because when we take a human body, we, Dom and her calls it the stain. When you come into this realm, you incarnate with this, with a, what they would call the stain. So whatever is the reversal, the miasm, no one in a human body is free of it. I mean, maybe, maybe if you're an avatar, And I think what we're doing now is we're, it's going to be in the future where definitely we'll be able to take a body without that. But we're in a realm that that is an aspect of the realm. So why does that happen? I think it happens because it is a, it is a, I don't know, we'll just say a note. It is a tone of what ends up happening. But I will also say I wouldn't trade any of my experiences with any of the master teachers that I was with. for uh because of because of their miasm and and i didn't experience their miasm directly like i I experienced it once and then learned my lesson and then i was in the rooms and i just saw it happening with other people
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: and also the thing to remember is that the guru meets you where you need to be met
0: yeah yes yes right yeah exactly okay this is so rich i'm loving this so much Hey fam, popping in here super quick to remind you that my best-selling Animal Power book and card deck are both available and out now. Animal Power book is 100 animals to energize your life and awaken your soul. It's a deluxe compendium of power animals. So anytime you dream of an animal or have an animal continuously crossing your path and you're wondering, why is this animal showing up so much for me? Just pop into my beautiful book that also has a gorgeous full-page color illustration of each animal to learn its wisdom, teachings, and meaning so you can more deeply understand why that animal showed up in your life. An Animal Power deck is super fun to work with. You can pull a random card to see what animal has a message for you that day or ask the deck a specific question to see what clarity might reveal. Both Animal Power book and deck are available everywhere books are sold. The book has been the number one new release in shamanism and many other categories. You can also get them from my website and when you visit there AllisonCharles.com backslash animal power that's a l y s o n AllisonCharles.com backslash animal power you'll also receive a free video drumming shamanic journey that i personally guide where you can meet your current power animal i appreciate your support so much and now back to today's show i'm glad you brought up dom and her and i definitely want to go in there a little bit if you're open to sharing. Absolutely. A bit about the whale initiation. I saw something on your Instagram about that and I was like, I want to know a little bit more about that. And we've covered Dom and her a little bit. One of um, I can't remember the episode number, but uh, Brandilyn B has been on Ceremony Circle. She has visited Dom and her and stayed there a number of times. So if you're curious um, about it, look up Brandilyn Ceremony Circle episode just to give you reference. It's this magical place in Italy, right? I've never been, but Julie's... yeah. So to,
1: just a quick, like, sort of. Uh intro so Dominher is a spiritual community that was founded 47 years ago by a being named oberto idaudi and oberto um is an individual that described himself as a being with memory so when we come into this form we have we're memory wiped so we don't know who we are in other realms we're it's a very uh sort of small perspective of who we are and so Alberto started his first uh, meditation school in Torino at the age of 22, and he could perform some cities at this time. Uh, he well, as a child, I mean, he he lived a magical childhood, and often people would have spontaneous healings in front of him. Like it was, he was truly like he wasn't. He was fully embodied in in a mm. very powerful form. Um, So anyway, part of his mission was to create an imprint of humans living in community together. And this was because it's very important that we demonstrate this because humans have not demonstrated this and tend to not like each other. And it's like, you know, we're all like fragmented. So he went to his city where he was born, which is in, you know, northern Italy at the foot of the Alps. And started this community and he knew that he was going to be they were going to be building some temples but in the earlier years he was looking for a specific they call them synchronic lines so they're energy lines this planet has nine vertical and nine horizontal which is a lot for a planetary body because some planets only have two so the reason there's so many billions of life forms on this planet and the reason this planet is so rich and so sought after by also off-planet forces and while the entire universe is watching us is because it's so rich in biodiversity so on these synchronic lines um they were able to map them through a technology that falco brought that predated atlantis and they created this it's a very uh, elaborate system i mean they're very developed in spiritual physics in time travel in i mean it's It's a magical kingdom if anybody's interested in this, one of the great things of the pandemic is that they have an online university now and you Mm. can actually study with them and it's quite accessible. So anyway, you could just say that um, after traveling the world in many sacred sites, he discovered that the optimal place to build the temples was in his hometown. Course, of course, right? Classic. <laughs> so, you know, he was looking for a sign, a sign came and um, he was like, okay, let's dig. The sign came, let's start digging. Well, that would turn into 50 people digging for some say 15 years, some say 19 years. They dug 24 hour shifts without missing. And there were more Hurrians at that time, but they, it was secret just for these 50 people. And they became artists masters of mosaic of stained glass windows, painting sculptures as they went. Mm. So the first temple that they built was the blue temple, which let's just say it was, I don't know, 23 feet or something by 30 feet high. And they were like, yay, we did it. And then he was like, great, now let's dig a little here. So he had all the plans in his mind. Mm. They, They were never on paper. And not only are they most beautiful offering of love and spirituality to planet earth, Um, they're on these ley lines that affect all the species on the planet but in the walls they have alchemical uh, functions so fluids and metals and signs and sacred activations inside the walls so it's like an amplifier a battery like a huge light and so it's full of sacred symbols linking to other timelines Mm -hmm. and in dom uh we uh, know that we were incarnated together in Atlantis and we had a pact to return to this timeline to change the future. So, and you would say Falco inc- incarnated from the future back here. So, because there's a timeline connected to this realm that is not that good, let's just say that. And, but from their perspective, which is also really expansive, is to understand this is a 600 year mission. I mean, if you look at the yuga, then it's like hundreds of thousands. But, you know, just to understand, like, it's not all happening in this lifetime. However, we have victorious um, embodiment of the synchronic lines. The the luminaries have the planetary lines for the first time in eons of time. Okay. And this is not only from Dom and Herring's perspective. perspective this is also from other perspectives, from Lisa Renee, the Guardian Races. So the the luminaries have we are here and this is happening this awakening is happening and so even though things appear so dire and there's so much suffering and so much you know turmoil and war and all this stuff is still just please hold in your heart that there is a miraculous awakening that is happening now on planet earth
0: yeah yeah I definitely Agree, and um, in my own ways have felt that within my being, and been shown that as well. That, yeah, of course, everything that's just been being unearthed and excavated is necessary for the for the shift that we're all magnificently a part of. And so, how did the whale? Yeah. So
1: in Dom and her, they take a plant name and an animal animal name, uh, an animal name, and then a plant name. But they also take crystal names and divine names. And this is for initiates only, so I became initiated a couple years ago, and I went there first in two thousand and eight with Lisa Renee. We were sent there by um her greater guides, and we were on planetary mission. so we did a ceremony in every single temple, activating the planetary lines in a certain way.
0: Thank and, you for that
1: <laughs> yeah, you're welcome it was It was so crazy i I couldn't believe that they just let us walk in and do it. <laughs> I was like, what? Because, you know, I mean, being around the Indian lineages, you know, it's like you don't touch the guru. Like there's all this stuff, you know, that happens. So I was like, wow, like our greater beings must be their great, you know, we must be family. Like Mm. that must be... Um, and so I was blown away by them, you know, cried the first time I walked in the temple. They have a temple that's called the labyrinth and they have a stained glass window to every spiritual lineage that has ever existed on the planet. So if dominher represents anything, it's a celebration of diversity. Like all are needed for a beautiful soil. And um, and so um, in dominher when you when you request an animal name, it's a ritual operation. And there are not two blue whales or two lions. There's Mm -hmm. only one. Mm -hmm. And there's 600 members in Dominher and then thousands all over the world. So a lot of the main animals are taken, like tigers taken, lions taken, you know, giraffe, like all those ones. Um, And I was absolutely certain that my spiritual name for Dominher was muka, which means cow. And the reason is because I named my plant-based cheese product Shrimu, M-U, and my spiritual name is Shrimati. So it was like, I'm, I'm Mukha. My Vedic chart is um, described by a cow's udder and a devotional flower. Uh, and I named all of this before I even knew that this, that this was like this. So I was like, for sure, my name is Mukha. And they said... I gained so what you have to do is you have to launch a battle and you have to get all these people to donate money and time. So like let's say like kangaroo will tell me, "Julie, I'm going to donate 8 hours of working in the temple for Muka, for your name." And you have to gain like hundreds of support. So it's a community operation and yeah. that and and that's what makes it so potent. Mm-hmm. And so I gained all the donations and then the head Saji council denied me the name. And I was just like, so annoyed. I was like, clearly you don't know anything clearly. And I was like, take, I go, okay, fine. I was like, take all my donations and just give them to anyone else who wants a name. And they called me and they were like, Julie, please be open to the synchronicity of another name. And I was like, well, there's not another name. Like I already have so many spiritual names. I have names from, I have like 20 names. I don't need any more. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need a name. Like, this is clearly my name. You guys are not tapped in. So anyway, I went, ended up going to uh, Dom and her, and the physician, who's Balena, she's Whale, she said, you know, I was with you in the temples last night, Julie, and we were in the Parliament of the People's Temples. The, the, I think it's called Time of the Peoples. It's the newest one, and it's dedicated to the indigenous, which I want to speak about a little bit. Um, and she said, you know, I, I really feel strongly uh, that I wanted you to consider this name. And I said, what name? And she said, well, it's Blue Whale. And she said, and it's available. And I said, Blue Whale is available? And she said, yes, would you please meditate on it? So I meditated on it and realized that I had all these shamanic experiences as a whale. Chief Golden will call me and say, I need to speak to a whale all the time. And then when I was going through my financial collapse, I was awakened in the middle of the night and taken into my pool and I would swim like a whale and tone under the water like making those squealing sounds and deeper sounds and the whales were telling me that the money system is made up that it's not a real thing and that happened for about a two-month period and then it ended so and i wrote a chapter in my book called whales calling that's in my book's not published yet um so i was like wow that's really amazing and plus whales are the cow of the sea they're the largest milk producing mammals and it's the largest whale to ever ever be incarnated in this realm including dinosaurs and they sing they sing that's another thing and they're big planetary grid workers cuz they migrate farther than any other species their heart is as big as a volkswagen which is a great thing to aspire to and i have this very big mission connected to Dominar, which I'm going to tell you now. It's the big Y of Srimu. So these 8,000-square-meter temples that are the temples to mankind inside a mountain hidden um, are only 20% of the operation. So Falco left his body in 2013, and he left future plans for a living Akashic record, uh, like a museum, to house the indigenous DNA of planet Earth why is this essential? Because as a species, as a humanity, we must respect, receive all of our humanity. And we need deeply these relationship with the humanities that know how to speak to the winds, the waters, the trees, the earth, the animals. So um, they it took them 19 years to get the permits. There was a meteor that had hit the earth so there's a huge hole on top of where the temples are and the plans the the temples are going in that place so this complex is an 88 million dollar facility and for the first time in my life i created a product that is highly scalable and is in an industry that It actually has a timeline to be a very powerful entity in in many ways. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, which was profound, is that my dad, I incarnated into a family where my father was a hunter, he was a bush pilot, and he was a civil engineer. And he served the indigenous Alaskan tribes for 47 years. He was their project manager and their, like, uh, sort of, representative for all their hospitals schools art centers and um, his final project was a museum which houses the indigenous histories and art it was designed by david chipperfield and it was a 72 million dollar museum and when my dad was 89 he he was trying to quit he was like i can't see i can't hear and they would just keep sending the car to get them because they they never did anything without him Mm. So now this year, I'm organizing an envoy to go up to Alaska to meet the 12 tribes to present the temples of Dominher because wouldn't it be amazing for this temple to be funded by the indigenous for the indigenous. And Alaskan tribes, they hold the oil rights to the lands. So unlike most of the other indigenous cultures, they're very wealthy in you know, in a, I'd say financial way. I mean, they're way wealthier in their traditions. So it's quite a magical um, sort of magic carpet ride that I'm on. And, um, and one of the things that happened last year is I did a yoga series for iFit for this platform. And I, we filmed half of it at Dom and her and I was able to give Dom and her a $22,000 donation And they said, what do you want us to do with the money? And I said, please take it to the building department. Well, the permits were going to expire and they needed 105,000 euro. And when they went with the money, they got a variance and the permits are in play for 21,000. So this is like a really good example for all of us to remember that if you're listening to this podcast, we're all luminaries, and we're all doing something in a very unique way that is very important and very impactful. And understand that when you move, when you make a move, the forces can come in and support you. So keep, keep walking, keep dancing, keep moving. And um, there's more and more energies to support us, more than have ever, ever, ever been here. Uh, this is our time.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh my gosh, I just looked at the clock and I'm like an hour has almost passed already like total time warp. Um you know, of the few things I did have on paper didn't I cuz I maybe want to have you on another time down the down the line just because one category that we don't have time to get into today that i really feel you have some sort of wisdom that would be helpful for me or or the listeners or both is around like interpersonal relationships and getting into a place of unconditional love and just love in general and um just your family dynamics and how as the mystic and shaman you are you have you know, just been in that one portal a- alone, you know, you all seem so artistic and creative. And I, as Luke and I are hoping to um, create our own family, I definitely wanted to, you know, get your take on a lot of those threads as well. So, but clearly what wanted to come through and needed to come through did and um such beautiful storytelling. Thank you. I could just feel so many layers of of medicine and every aspect that you generously shared with us so thank you so much oh, Allison thank you so much and I I'd love to come back anytime and share more so please invite me
1: and just a quick note on that before I go into the technique into the healing technique I'm going to offer is just want to remind everybody the power that we have is in neutral loving compassion And you really don't know who anyone is. We're all playing different roles for different reasons. It's like in the movie, somebody has to play, you know, maybe the other. That's not like you. And the agendas are seeking to separate, okay? There is no ism. There is no one truth. There's billions of perspectives. And as alchemists and mystics, we can turn poison into wine if if you're smart enough, if you're intelligent enough. And so if you get caught in your emotion of blaming or taking some hard position on this is the absolute, you're just going to be shown that it's false, you know? And so what do we have? We have our love. Always find a way to connect. Just always, always, always find a way to connect. And it doesn't mean you, you know, you don't have to mix with energies that are, that are destructive. I'm not saying that. And and you are your most important relationship. And in my spiritual mentorship, Water Tiger, which I mentor people monthly, um, I, I share techniques on how to do this. But neutral, loving, compassion is the way. Mm. And uh, there's a billion different perspectives. And uh, it's just, you know, and what do you want to make out of yours? Mm. So, yeah.
0: Neutral, loving, compassion is the way. Typing that down in all (laughs) caps. I will add that into the notes for sure and notes for myself too. yeah, I'm not going to let my brain open anymore because I already wanted to go down another trail. And another thing just to touch on, and then we'll we'll do your technique, is um, I know you offer trips to Egypt and a lot of retreats. And that was another thing um, that I wanted to get into, but at least want to let people be aware of, because that really spoke to me. Egypt has been calling me for eons. I've been trying to get Luke on board with that mission because I got a vision that he's there with me. And I know that you take uh, groups there. So I just feel like that would probably speak to the Ceremony Circle community so they can go on your website and explore those trips as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. So they're really, I'm removing the the name retreat from any missions that I do from now on because right. they're all spiritual pilgrimage and hmm. very yeah. multidimensional and profound. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be like we all play a part. So if you end up on the trip, you have a genetic that's vital to the mission. So it's 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 a lot of fun, a lot of luxury, a lot of beauty, and a lot of deep, deep, deep spiritual odyssey stuff. So yeah, thanks. Thank you for that. Of course. Yeah, and actually just to let you so on tap for this year is Plant Italia in Italy with Rich, the Arctic Circle Spiritual Mission, Reset Telluride Spiritual Mission, Gargano Italy Spiritual Mission, and Egypt Spiritual Mission. So all of those are are on tap and I'll have them up in the coming, in a month probably. All right, my dear, so should we settle in? So if you're listening, if you can, if you're not driving, if you're driving, just, you know, you can do it later. But anyway, let's just drop in. So everyone just find themselves um, bringing their present awareness into this moment. And so you want to allow your eyes to close. And let's just uh, enter into our heart space, the sacred altar where all of your treasures are waiting for your own rediscovery. Let's enter into that portal. It's the place where you first feel. It's that inkling when you see your lover, your child, a puppy, a sunset. You know where it is. Let's enter in. And so finding yourself here in this space, allow your body to relax, allow your belly to relax. And allow yourself to be fully present, fully embodied in this time space. And knowing that it's okay to be in the not knowing. And that in the not knowing, you can activate and embody the curiosity of a child, the awe and wonder of a mystic, the deep meaning of a warrior. And just know that even if things seem unclear, you will be given your next step. And that's all that's required is just the next event where you feel the most energy speaking to you. So what lights you up? What excites you? It could be anything. It could be dancing by yourself. It could be reaching out to someone. Feel in your body temple and feel what is that thing What is that next thing? And then again, drop the seeking of the outcome. What's going to happen? It's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to the world. What's going to happen? Just stay in this present moment, knowing that you are reborn in each breath and that we are rewriting this history together, this first story together in these moments. Now I want to remind you the power of your thoughts, the power of your words. So we are casting spells with our thoughts and our words. And we know this, but even more amplified now. How would you create the more beautiful world that you seek to find? What are the feelings, the experiences, the smells, the tastes? the vista, the connection, what does that look like? And have you spent time envisioning this for yourselves, for your community, and for the planet? Because we are powerful creators, and we are creating our reality with ideas. Where do you choose to place your attention? It is your choice, it is your right, and it is your privilege. And so taking a deep inhale in and allowing that to register through your skin, your tissues, your muscles, your bones, your bone marrow, your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, your endocrine system your organs, cell-to-cell communication, mitochondria, and DNA. And in this state of presence, let's activate the qualities of unconditional forgiveness, of unconditional forgetfulness, just realizing that this realm has been the way it is by design no fault of any one of us being dumber or less aware or less connected it's just by design so let's just accept that it all was the way it was and now let's be grateful for it and thank it and let's activate the qualities of turning poison into wine remember it's not what happens to you it's who you are in the face of what happens to you So an alchemist doesn't waste anything, can use all energies are needed, even the colors that may seem dark to you. So find that neutrality and now open your body even more and allow this spark of love start to flame from within your sacred chamber of your heart. And see that flame flickering and moving. It's alive. It's the seed of your soul. Let's go into that flame and let's grab the blue part of the flame, that brilliant blue. And with your mind's eye and your imagination, let's go ahead and push that out around us four feet in every direction. We're creating an energetic container. So we're inside an limbic container, a potent, Container of alchemy. And now let's go ahead and allow your skin to permeate and allow that blue frequency to saturate your entire your entire body. Just let it in and let it saturate your body so that it's heavy, really saturated with the blue. Beautiful. Now let's go back into that chamber of your heart and let's grab the golden part of the flame. This frequency is the amrita. It's like thick honey. It's the substance that is released from your brain when you achieve states of enlightenment. And let's, with our mind's eye, let's push it out around us, four feet in every direction, underneath you, above you, behind you, on the sides. And let's meet the edges of that first blue sphere. This is the second layer of the limbic that we're creating. It's like the sacred, magical container of the potion that is you. And now let's go ahead and allow your skin to let it in. So allow that emrita to saturate your entire body, all of its systems, completely. Beautiful. Let's go in again for a third time into the heart, into the center of the flame, and let's grab the white frequency. This is the eternal flame. This flame has the power to transmute all things. And let's go ahead and push this white, brilliant white light around us, four feet in every direction, and let it meet with the Amrita golden in the blue Melchizedek flame. Okay, so feel your limbic fortified three times. And now allow your body to let that white eternal flame in. Let it purify all that needs to be purified within your system. Beautiful. Now feeling that firmly around you. We remind you to activate this container or something like it, some version like it, every day twice a day, when you wake up, when you go to bed, and start to go out into your life and the world fully embodied in all that you are. You are a light color energy being. You are a multidimensional time being. And this is the moment that you incarnated for. This is your time. And so it is.
0: And so it is. Oh, that was so invigorating at the end. I just wanted to shimmy my boobs around and I was just like getting all this <laughs> shimmy shake energy that was happening and yeah, taking so many beautiful places in that my heart just at one point before you got to the flame portion, my heart had already done this like big burst. It got super pumped up and was just like, woo, let's go. So
1: thank you thank Thank you you. allison so beautiful to see you and congratulations it's so lovely to see you and luke building your life together and you truly living examples of being embodied in your spiritual truth and you know doing amazing things so i'm always sending you guys so much love
0: i feel it i really do and and thank you yeah it's i yeah beyond words grateful to experience life with him and we just have so much fun and um, such such an incredible time every day together. So it's uh, definitely probably the biggest gift of my life so far to to have arrived to where I'm at right now. So thank you for that reflection. And please let everyone know um, how they can explore all of your mini offerings.
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Srimati. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. Also, you can follow um, Shrimu Do Life, S-R-I-M-U Do Life, and Shrimu is a subscription, primarily subscription-based offering, so you can order for home delivery at Shrimu.com, S-R-I-M-U.com. And then my Water Tiger community, you can find on my website, which is JuliePiet.com. Also, the retreats are listed there. So... Water Tiger is just a monthly subscription, and if you liked what you heard on this podcast, there's more of that there.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, I saw your library of different healing recordings that you can um, download, whichever one you feel called to to work with and purchase. So, yeah, I highly recommend you just explore and see where you're you're led with with all of Julie's beautiful gifts and ways that she's of service and. To all the Ceremony Circle fam, thank you. I felt your presence. Thank you to all the new and longtime listeners. And we will sit with you again next time. Woo-wee. What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time wisdom and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives and we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website alisoncharles.com and also in my weekly ceremony circle podcast instagram posts at i am Alison charles so it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them and fam you know by now all the heart i put into creating this show And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love.